Hmm. Man. Hello, hello. Hi, Miss Vicky. Hey, Mitch. How's everything? Everything is just ducky. Oh, thank you, ma'am. Nice to hear your voice. Hey, Mr. Phil. Hey, Mitch. Hey, my brother. How are you, my brother? Oh man, fighting the fighting the gnats off out here tonight. <laughs> Must have gotten the the belt link up here in Georgia. <laughs> a little yeah, bit earlier, I guess. Getting there, get getting getting there a little bit earlier with that time change, I think. And I'm getting there where they're still awake out there. <laughs> <laughs> they're always awake. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm South Georgia. They're always awake in South Georgia. <laughs> there are some places that are really bad. There are some, some like, are real, real. They're like God. They never sleep. Never sleep. <laughs> yeah, I went to a, a, a cemetery in one place in Georgia. My goodness, I have never dealt with them that bad before. Boy, boy, they didn't even realize I had uh, bug spray on me. They, I forgot to tell them, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they were severe. Yeah, they they've built up such an immunity to that stuff. They like it. <laughs> they like it. <laughs> they can yeah, I think we was in Fitzgerald, Georgia. I believe. I believe where it was at. Yes, ma'am. That's my hometown, buddy. That's where I was born. I'll be darn. Oh, you know, that's where my daddy and my uh, my uncle were born at too. Yeah, a lot of my family come from Fitzgerald. We have a cemetery up there with a lot of Watsons buried in it up there. Well, there's a lot of Smiths. Y'all are probably in the same. Oh, we are. Well, we are in the same. Oh, we are. Evergreen. Oh, look at here. Evergreen, yes, ma'am. Yeah, Jerry's buried up there too. Oh, we doing this up there in Georgia, up there, yes, ma'am. Fitzgerald. Yep. Yep. Uh huh. Oh wow, wow! I have to ask Daddy a little bit more information about it because he he took us up there all kind of back roads and stuff up there, and I have to find out where it was at. It was a, a little uh, country style, you know, out out in the country kind of a cemetery and stuff. Probably, I don't know, three hundred sites, about... maybe maybe two hundred, three hundred. Oh no, that that's not the same place because this was evergreen. It's big. Yeah, this was not evergreen up there in the It's a little more of a country style mm -hmm. cemetery. Okay. Hello, Dinger. Hi there. This is Claudia. How are you doing? Great. Glad to have you on up tonight. Thank you. I'm still awake. <laughs> Woo -hoo. Oh, you're I gonna know. stay awake. You are gonna stay awake for this. Know. This is this like is that recording. Awesome you better believe it. <laughs> this is an awesome word tonight. Hallelujah. Who else wants to say hello?
Praise the Lord. Well, it's just now 8.30. With your kind indulgence, those of you who are on time, we'll give everyone another minute. Hello, hello. All right. Well, if the gnats don't carry Mitch away, (laughs) Uh. who else wants to say hello? Go ahead. They tear me up. They usually don't bite a net, but boy, they love me. They they eat me up when I'm up there. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Sister, if you could say a prayer for her tonight too, then she's way down. And after that, uh, the, the the shot Friday, it kind of knocked her. It always does. It knocks her for a loop. And she'd been down okay. since Friday. She didn't even go to church with me Sunday and stuff. She just didn't just didn't have the strength to do too much. Okay. I know God's good. Is she gonna pull back through? Is she gonna come out a hundred, two hundred percent better out of, out of this deal? Amen. Hallelujah. He's always good to us. Okay. Thank you, sis. Yes, he is. Okay. Anybody else want to say hello before I mute your phones? Now's your chance. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and um, mute your telephone and get us started. Hallelujah, Lord. Father God, we come before you tonight with open hearts to receive what you have to say to us. Lord, give us ears to hear you. Position us as we prepare our hearts to understand you and your word tonight. I cancel every assignment of the enemy that would seek to disrupt, corrupt, 
or otherwise defile what you have to say. I cancel any assignment of the enemy that would hinder your people, God, in any way from being on this line tonight, from receiving what you have for each and every one. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Hallelujah. We are Freedom's Way Ministries. I am Vicki Burdett. I'm here with my husband, Phil. And what we are doing, if there's anyone new on the line or someone who hasn't been on for a while, we're presenting material from Freedom's Way's new book. This will actually be chapter 5, and it is titled Basic Truth About Why God Loves Me. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Knowing we belong to God and are his precious possession is amazing. Having the choice to be a child of the king over all things is awesome. Being called sacred and considered pure, blameless, and consecrated is remarkable. Discovering that there is reward for waiting, waiting for us in heaven is wonderful. All these truths are astonishingly, astonishingly great. So why do we still doubt the truth of God's unending and unconditional love? Perhaps because we continue to judge ourselves and can't truly understand why God should, would, or even could love us. This chapter will change your life if you receive the truth of it, because we are now going to show you the why as we answer the question, why does God love me? What you're going to read now is part of my own journey. The message that began the turnaround in my own life from a person of outward bravado and inner fear to what some people would consider inner strength and outward confidence resulting from a complete trust in God. It will give you a fresh perspective, a view from God's eyes about who you are. There is an identity crisis in the church today, and it's been there for a long time. God's people just don't realize who we truly are, why we were created, and the delightful destiny we face. If you have struggled with receiving the love of God or the truth that God is love, then this chapter was written for you. If you've struggled with your own sense of worthiness, if you've listened to the lies of hell that you are a failure and that things in your life seem to reinforce those lies, then this chapter was written for you. If you've wondered why Jesus just won't leave you alone and through the Holy Spirit he keeps on pointing out things in your life that need adjustment, then this chapter was written for you. (laughs) Hallelujah. When the Lord quickened this word in me once more, I let it simmer for a while, thinking that by this point in the book, you, dear reader, must be somewhat tired of yet another chapter about your identity. 
Many times in ministry with others, many of the things we've said before just don't seem to stick with people. It's like we all hear truth. God loves me. And somehow we can't believe it. We hear truth. I'm wonderful. And then deny it. We so easily fall into self-deprecation and self-abasement along with warped perceptions of God. This is what most of us believe on some level. God loves others, but not me. God created others special and talented, but not me. God has a plan for others, but not for me. God wants and accepts others, but not me. That's a lot of wrong belief to overcome. But God reminded me of this truth I heard years ago that actually penetrated my spirit. (coughs) Pardon me. And it began to expand inside me. We're going to pass it on to you and believe that this seed, which is being planted in your hearts, will germinate and begin to grow and flourish to take you into an amazing, confident life of abundant joy and peace. You're going to gain a blessed assurance that you didn't have before about yourself, about God our Father, and about Jesus Christ our Lord. We're going to look at yet another picture of our true identity, this time from the perspective of eternal love. In order to do that, we need to lay a foundation. As they're presented, meditate on these scripture passages, since you may need to do that to really get it. As previously stated, this is truth that will begin to expand in you and change you. And it will be a continuing and continual process of growth. I know that is true because it's still changing me. I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago or five years ago or even last year. And I'm not yet the person I'm destined to become. Every day is a day when this truth gets bigger in me, and it's amazing. As you read, allow God to take you into a place from which you can never go back into the old lies of worthlessness and failure that have led you in life for so long. Begin to absorb what you read and carefully consider its truth. Position yourself. And allow the Lord to prepare your heart to receive. Psalm 10, verse 17. Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart. You will cause your ear to hear. We are first going to establish the truth about the eternal love affair between the Father and the Son. God Almighty and Jesus the Christ. It's very important to understand this foundational truth that from eternity past, God the Father has been in love with God the Son. 
And from eternity past, forever and ever and ever, God the Son has been in love with God the Father. This is a pure love, undefiled, complete, never-ending, deeper than anything we can imagine, and absolutely true. It's a perfect love, a passionate love. God the Father and God the Son have had a passionate love relationship, the Holy Spirit being the facilitator of the relationship, holding them in this constant state of love. God is love, the Bible tells us. Yes, God is a triune being. That's part of the mystery of God, and within the Godhead, we find God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. From eternity past, for all time, for all time before time, God the Father has been passionately in love with the Son. And God the Son has been passionately in love with the Father. All this was going on before we were ever created. This has been going on for a long time, that the Father loves the Son from eternity past. In the book of John, Jesus is speaking to his Father when he says this. This is in John 17, verse 24. Father, I will that they also, whom you have given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. In this one verse, Jesus alludes to an eternal love. You loved me. You gave me glory. From before the foundation of the world, you loved me. I want my disciples to see it. There are other verses which give us insights into what was going on before the world ever was. John 17, verse 5. And now, O Father, glorify you me with your own self, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Jesus is sharing about this love, a perfect love, a pure love exchanged between the Godhead a love that is vibrant and constantly expanding, a love of glory and honor. There's another verse in John that makes it very plain. John 3:35. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. It is established in the scripture that the Father loves the Son. And he's been doing it since before the world was. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. That's John 5.20. This is another scripture which gives us more undeniable evidence of this point. That the Father loves the Son. Jesus is speaking here to his disciples, just like he is speaking to you today as his disciples. This is important, Jesus said. 
this. My Father loves me. The Father loves the Son and shows him everything. He holds nothing back, and that's the kind of love that it is. It's a pure and completely trusting and open. He shows him everything and will even show him more. And here's the reason for it, that you might marvel. Marvel at what? At this perfect love relationship that's going on between the Father and the Son and has been going on forever and ever and ever. God wants people, especially his disciples, to know about this kind of love, a love that is unspotted, passionate, and perfect in every way. Understanding this perfect love between the Father and the Son is a huge piece of Christianity, and you'll see why as we go along. It's plain that the Father loves the Son, and it's, and it's been going on forever. Now let's look at how the Son loves the Father. In John fourteen twenty-eight to 31, You have heard how I said unto you, I go away and I come again unto you. If you loved me, you would rejoice, because I said I go to the Father. My Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes to pass, that when it has come to pass, you might believe. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you. For the prince of this world comes and has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so that I do, arise, let us go hence. Here, Jesus is saying, I want the world to know that I love the Father. The context is, I'm getting ready to go away. Pull that down. I'm getting ready to hang on a cross, make the ultimate sacrifice, endure that which nobody has ever endured by taking on the sins of the whole world and all the illnesses, infirmities, infections, injuries, you name it. We have no idea what it would be like to bear what Jesus bore. And Jesus said, you should be happy for me because I go to the Father. He essentially said, I'm going to die for the sins of the people, not just because I love them, but because I love the Father. And I want you to know how much I love the Father. Praise God. We know that the Father passionately loves the Son, and we also know the Son passionately loves the Father. We know that because, first of all, he was willing to come here. That was his love for the Father, and to die to fulfill what was in the Father's heart. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. It was all about a love exchange between the Father and the Son. They were passionately and forever in love with each other. 
If you ever want a model of what true love looks like, you get it by looking at the love relationship between the Father and the Son. That's what real love looks like. As you ponder this particular truth, you will begin to see it everywhere. The scripture will explode with love, and your understanding of it will expand. John 5 and 30 says, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father, which has sent me. I'm here, Jesus said, not to do my own thing, but to do the will of my Father. Jesus' obedience was an expression of his love. Don't you think our obedience should be an expression of our love and not our fear? That obedience not be performed because of some heavy religious thing hung on us or that we obey out of the worry that we're going to hell if we don't? The strength of our relationship with the Lord is that out of love we obey. Obedience from a pure heart shows our earnest desire to please God because of our love for him. John 18.11 is another witness to this truth. You'll find many as you search this out in the days and months and even years to come. Because as we already said, this word will change you. Maybe that seems presumptuous, but we believe in our hearts that you are going to feel the Holy Spirit come down and work this into your heart and take you to a place you've never been, and you're not going back. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Then said Jesus unto Peter, John 18, 11, put up your sword into the sheath. The cup which my Father has given me, shall I not drink it? Should I not drink what he's given me? I love him. The Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. We say that the joy set before Jesus was us, fully restored and free in him. Yes, that is true, but it's bigger than that. It was for the Father that he endured. In another place, Jesus said, don't you know I can ask and my Father will send more than 12 legions of angels? Jesus knew his Father loved him so much he would rescue him, but he didn't want to be rescued because he loved his Father so much too. <laughs> It's plain the Father and the Son are passionately in love. It's a pure love, a passionate love, without fault, without blemish, without spot. There is nothing it won't do one for the other. It's totally complete in every way, and it's here that we come into the picture. It's interesting to consider that God the Father has given something to the Son, and that something is us that the saying might be fulfilled which he spoke, of them which you gave me have I lost none, John 18 and 9. Now the Father, who's in love with the Son, gave us to him. 
We just read it. Let's further establish this idea that the Father has given to the Son something, and it's us. John 17 and 9. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which you have given me, for they are yours. Wow. We've been given to Jesus, but we belong to the Father. Consider, the Father and the Son have had this passionate love relationship for all eternity. And out of that love relationship, we were created to be a gift from God to God. A gift, an expression of their love. This gets right up in the face of the voices that tell us we're worthless and have no purpose. God created us out of this eternal love relationship to give to each other. Each one of us is an expression of their love and a gift from one to the other. You're a gift from Almighty God. Let that sink in. We're talking about God here. God Almighty, creator of the universe and everything in it, created you to be a gift. God the Father wanted to choose a gift for his son, and he picked you. That will put value back into your life. It means you are worth something. If you're in love with somebody and you want to give them something to express your love, you're not going to give them something cheap, something messed up, or worthless. You're going to give the person that you love something meaningful, something valuable, to express your love. That is who you and I are. We are God's gift from God to God. Just like the gifts you give at Christmas time, there have little tags on them from Mom to Mary, from Joe to Jill. You might as well put one on your forehead right now. From God to God. Hallelujah. That should change your perspective of yourself. Praise the Lord. God is right now lifting us up. All those voices from hell that went to trash us are fading, that want to trash us are fading out. All that religious, I'm just a no good sinner saved by grace stuff. No. You are a gift. From God to God, that passionate love which he's held since eternity past is the same passionate love with which he created each of us to be a precious gift in his hand. Hallelujah. We know by the scriptures that the Father loves the Son and gave him a gift. That gift is all of us. We also know 
that the Son loves the Father and gives us back to him as shown in the book of Revelation. Revelation 5, verse 9. And they sung a new song saying, You are worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every kindred and tongue and nation. Jesus paid for our redemption with his pure, precious blood and will give us back to the Father. We have been caught up into this great love relationship. When you start to see yourself in this way, the old ways of thinking of yourself as less than the best begin to change, and the bondages of fear, self-rejection, self-accusation, self-hatred, guilt, and shame will start falling off of you. For the ages to come, we are to be God's expression of love that never fails because he takes us into his perfect love, which never fails. We're drawn up into it. God takes us up in the middle of who he is. At the end of the age, when death is finally slain, read 1 Corinthians 15, Jesus is going to deliver the kingdom to the Father. He'll say, of all you've given me, I've lost nothing. I'm giving them back to you. And I'm giving them back clean, washed, redeemed, perfect in every way. We become a gift that is without blemish and will never come up short again because the love of God has perfected us. Revelation 4.11, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things, and for your pleasure they are and were created. We were created for the pleasure of God. Now, when we understand that the very purpose we were created is for this great love exchange, something shifts in our lives. We begin to realize that our destiny is far greater than we've understood. We can now see why Jesus is so interested in us, why he broods over our lives because we're a gift from the Father. And if you love the one who gave the gift, you love the gift. My first grandchild is very, very dear to me. She gave me a painting she did when she was about seven or eight years old. I framed it and have it hanging in my house. I would never part with it or damage it or stick it away out of sight to be neglected or forgotten. I've had that picture for over 20 years. This young woman remains very, very dear to me, although she believes some things I don't believe and has accepted a lifestyle I can't accept. 
I can't embrace her beliefs, yet I haven't thrown out the gift she gave me. For how I feel about what she does or believes, my love for her has not diminished. Just as I keep and care for the gifts she gave me, God keeps and cares for her. He will never neglect or throw out the gift he created her to be. And the Lord is the same with each of us. We all have things in our lives that do not please him, yet we remain his treasured gift. The gift from the one you love is precious. You esteem it, you protect it, because the one whom you loved before you got the gift gave it to you. Jesus is caring for us. He esteems us and protects us as the gift he received from his loving Father. The first love of Jesus is the Father, and now we've been brought into that love because we were given as a gift to Jesus. The love which begins in God extends outward, and it is his very nature that makes him share his love. We understand we are gifts from God to God. It helps us understand why we are so often handled by Jesus, why the Holy Spirit so often convicts us of our ungodly actions and attitudes and just simply won't leave us alone. (laughs) We think, give me a break, Lord. Why do you always have to work at polishing me up? His answer would be, because you're my gift, and I love you. Because when we stand together, you by my side as my bride, all that was ever meant to be in this gift that you are will be seen and realized and honored. That is why he is sanctifying his church. Ephesians chapter 5. Jesus is making ready his bride. He's so passionate, so longing to stand before his father with a perfected bride, a bride without spot and without blemish. Jesus is longing to present his church, the gift from his father, as a glorious completion of himself. That's why we are so passionately pursued by Jesus. Because before we were ever here, they were passionately in love, and now we've been included in that passion. Don't be offended by it. Be honored in it. Jesus treasures the gift he's been given. He treasures you. He loves you. He adores you, if you can hear it. Many of us can't hear it because we've been so trodden under. But I'm writing to tell you today, you are the gift of God. Open your heart to hear, to receive, and to believe these words. 
Amen. This understanding breaks off fear from our lives. Fear of ever being rejected. Consider the Father whom Jesus passionately loves gives him a gift. It's you and me. Why would he ever reject or neglect the gift of the Father? This understanding eliminates fear of abandonment. Why would he ever abandon you? He sees the value, the expression of the Father's love for him. This truth rids us of fear of failure. Why would he let you fail when his desire is to perfect you as his gift back to the Father? Jesus is able to keep us from falling. He's able to hold us up when we need it, which happens to be every day and every way. That's true. Now we know that between the Father and the Son is a passionate love. We know that we were created for their pleasure and to be an expression of that love, which is faultless and blameless. That being said, it now becomes the centerpiece of everything. It was going on before anything else, so it takes priority. It has more weight. Now that we're here, we can see it in an even bigger picture. Let me say again that in the days and weeks to come, the seed of truth is going to grow in you, and you will begin to see yourself the way God sees you. And because of that, you will begin to walk out of every lesser thing. Glory to God. And here is that bigger picture, which we can see, in which we can see, this amazing truth of God's love and our part in it. 1 John 3, 1 through 3. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, and we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when we shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. When we realize that the Father loves us, that we're being included in this eternal love relationship, it's overwhelming. John the disciple, who more than any other had the revelation of God's love, is overwhelmed at this truth. And you may be experiencing that same feeling right now. Any of us who realizes this love purifies himself because we see something greater than ourselves. The call of God is greater 
and we are broken free of the shackles of self. We come out of ungodly stuff because of a compelling desire to be just like him. Behold, what matter, what manner of love? Wow, behold, what manner of love? Oh, behold. <laughs> we can't begin to understand that love until we understand the amazing love relationship between the Father and the Son. It's perfect. It's pure. It's awesome. And they want the whole world to know and to see it. And then suddenly Jesus says, now, I love you. Me? Enter into that kind of love? That kind of passion? Yes. Any man that wants it, let him walk out of every other lesser thing. Jesus said, John 15, 9, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. It all begins with our realizing the passion between the Father and the Son. Then we see, behold, what manner of, the, of love the Father has given to us. And now Jesus is saying, the same way the Father loves me, I love you. The exact same thing the Father showed Jesus. Jesus is now showing us love without fault, without blemish, perfect in all its ways, perfect. Oh, listen to the voice of the bridegroom in your heart. You are loved by God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit who is the great facilitator and comes to open up these truths to us, to bring us into them forever and ever and ever. He will guide and lead us into these truths for us to enjoy. The abundant life spoken of in Scripture comes out of this truth, that the Father and the Son love each other, and now that love is being pointed at you. And you are being beckoned into it. What's really interesting is that we now have opportunity. It's part of the mystery that all persons in the Godhead are equal. Yet, within the Godhead, it was necessary that one be greater for love to exist. Jesus said, my father is greater than I. Love has come, has to come from the greater to the lesser. He loves me, and now I, in response, love him. The same thing is true about us now. He has now initiated love toward us so that we may respond in love to him. The book of Revelation tells us the elders fall down before him and cast their crowns to him. This gesture of honor and gratitude 
represents all our accomplishments, all our struggles, all the things we're believing for and hoping for and holding on to him for. All those things become the expression of love we give back to him in worship. If you're in love with somebody, you're always looking for something to give them, some way to bless them. And in like fashion, God is giving us opportunity. And what does that opportunity look like? Isaiah 49:18. Lift up your eyes round about and behold, all these gather themselves together and come to you. As I live, says the Lord, you shall surely clothe you shall surely clothe you with them all as with an ornament and bind them on you as a bride does. God is talking to the bride here. He says, people are coming to you. Why? Because the love and the favor and the honor of God is going to be all over us. That's why people flock to Jesus. He didn't hand out flyers or design a website. He was just in love with the Father. And out of that eternal love, such grace was on his lips and such compassion in his life that people were compelled to be with him. They were drawn to him. The same thing is going to be true of people who love God. Hallelujah. There's something about the anointing of God that people want to be around. So people are going to be gathered together around us. And as Isaiah prophesied, they will become like an ornament upon you as a bride adorns herself. So shall you adorn yourself with them. Here's the idea that at the end of the age, when it's all said and done, as Jesus is able to present us to the Father, we're going to be able to present those whose lives we've touched. We'll be wearing them as part of our crown. Now, we know they belong to God, as Jesus said, those whom you've given me are yours. But God is entrusting people into our lives. Just as Jesus is zealous over us, we should be zealous, not jealous, over those in our care. We are zealous over the gifts God has brought to us, the lives he has entrusted into ours. Our family and friends are gifts from God to us. And at the end, we're going to be clothed with the souls of people whose lives were touched by us in a meaningful in meaningful ways that enriched them. And that is truly the most beautiful thing we can wear because that's the thing God cares most about, most about. But it won't matter to us that we have the most beautiful garment of all. All that will matter is our love for God. Let us never forget that the very love that God the Father and God the Son are enjoying and have enjoyed forever past and into forever future, they have now extended to you and me. 
in the exact same way the Father loves the Son, they both love you. May grace and mercy and peace be to you in the revelation that both God the Father and God the Son want you to have them. And the Holy Spirit is in you to facilitate their abundant blessings of love in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am going to, uh, as usual, end off with a prayer. I invite you to pray this prayer out loud with me so that all the hosts of heaven and hell will know where you stand. And these prayers will be in the book at the end of each chapter, by the way. So, here we go. Father God, thank you so much for this new perspective about myself and about you. Thank you for showing me so clearly that I am a gift, an extension of who you are, an expression of your love given into the hand of Jesus Christ and he loves me too. Help me grow in this understanding of your great love for each other and how I have been brought into that love and how I can bring others into it as well. Others into it as well. Forgive me, Lord, for doubting your love for me. Now that I have this truth, I can never go back into that doubt of myself or of you and your love. Forgive me for listening to and living in the lies of hell that I'm a failure, not good enough, without purpose. I now know that I am a gift, precious and treasured, created for your pleasure, with purpose and destiny. That so far exceeds anything, anything I've ever hoped or imagined. Forgive me, Lord Jesus, for accepting you as Savior, but not as Lord. For not wanting to listen to you or follow you. As you polish and perfect me, me. 
so that I can be presented back to our Father. Back to our Father. In glorious completion. Glorious completion. Grow this seed in me, Father. Grow this seed in me, Father. Take me into a place in the Spirit. Take me into a place in the Spirit. Where it can be watered and fed. And keep me there so that it will flourish into the abundant life. You mean for me to have. I declare that the pure, precious blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth is all powerful and effective. All powerful and effective. To see this pledge fulfilled in me. See this pledge fulfilled in me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. If you have a comment or a question, or if you see something, if if it didn't flow well, if um you think there's something that uh, needs more explanation or maybe a different scripture or whatever, Um, the purpose of our presenting this on the line is so that all of you can have your input before the thing is printed, hallelujah. So if you got something to say about tonight's presentation, tonight's chapter, or if you just want to tell me you're here, push your star six keys on your telephone and we'll be able to hear you. Star six. While we're waiting for you to gather your thoughts, Lord, I just lift Annette up to you. I thank you, Lord God. We reverse any curse of any treatment that she has taken. Lord, I ask that you strengthen her body Strengthen her immune system. Bring her out of weakness and fatigue. Take her father from strength to strength. In you. Let her feel your tangible presence with her, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Star six, if you would like to be heard. Do you have anything to say? I want to say thank you, Vicki. Thank you. This is Antoinette, and I don't think I've ever heard this. 
put that way. I certainly haven't. Praise God. And I knew it would be unique. So I invited a whole bunch of people. And I hope some of them are on. Praise the Lord. We're going to present it again on Friday. And um, it is recorded. So uh, if you want the playback number, just give me a little text. And um, I won't have that until tomorrow. But just Mm -hmm. let me know and I'll get it to you. Okay. Thank you. Anybody else? Hey, Gretchen, I just want to say thank you and to let you know I'm here and really just, um, it's just very edifying. This is just beautiful. Great job. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Gretchen. I only said it because it's all true. Receive it in your heart. Praise the Lord. It's such yeah, like an that awesome one thing. Is like, yeah. Well, I'm just just thinking, like, there's no argument against the blood, so he used to say that all the time. And there's no argument against love when it's revealed as what it is. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Absolutely. Are you in? This is Claudia. I totally enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's so awesome. You can't really grab, put your mind around it. I mean, you really have to just ponder and study and and let the Holy Spirit work it in you because it's so awesome to think that you are a gift from God to God. From God to God. That's amazing. Hallelujah. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I wanted just to add how special just the, the way you presented it, the love affair of the father and the son. How it's like I could spiritually see that. You know, I, um, you know when we tell people when they their loved ones have passed away, they're in the loving arms of Jesus. But I thought we're that close, aren't we? I mean, like we say that after they pass, but I'm like, God's crisis in us to be to sense that closeness of the Father and the Son, but we should, it's like, um, you know, how close, I was just, Amen. my question is like, how close?
close are we? Like, how, in a real sense, are we close? How is it spiritually Amen. we're connected? No, I'm saying I was asking. <laughs> in a sense, like, could we, can we, could we say that we're, we're right now in the loving arms of Jesus? But that's in the spiritual sense, not in the. I think so. I believe it. I believe it. You know, he now, is always you're saying, even now. You're, you're saying even, even now? now? Even now. Absolutely. Absolutely now. The Lord is at hand. As far as you can reach your hand, that's as far as he ever is from you. He is at your hand. He is with us. He is in us. And we're surrounded by his love. We're drawn up into the love of God and being perfected in it. Wow. It'll change your life. Change your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we pray for your granddaughters, so praise God. God. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And sometimes, um, you know, I'm, I'm really so, um, I don't know if proud is the right word to say, but I am so pleased because, you know, I I let her know that I am writing this book and that I had identifying information in it about her. And I said, I want, before I even present it, I want to make sure that it's okay with you. Yeah, I mean, that's just the decent thing to do. And um, I read it to her, and she said, oh, yeah, that's fine. She said, no problem. People need to know that love doesn't change. And, you know, because... And, and God, you know, God's working on her, obviously, and will continue, as he does with all of us. Exactly. That's it. It's the time. Yep. So, praise yep. God. Anybody else? Thank you, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Star six, if you'd like to speak. Thank you, Mitch. Bless Thank you, you brother. Thank you for my for the prayer for my beautiful wife. Thank you. Yes, we lift her up. That's right. We lift her up every day. We lift up in that. Yes, Jesus. I wanted to mention her in that too. Thank you, guys. Love y'all. Love you, too. Thank you, Miss. God bless. Love.
And we love you all so very, very much. That's from the Psalms. I don't know which one exactly, but it goes, How good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. Amen. Well, say it again. I haven't heard that. How, how good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. I think you should add the, the Jewish singing prayer, too, and at the very end. I think it's beautiful. It's rich. And um, you can just... I don't know how that would go along on the printed page. <laughs> right. And I say thank you, Lord, for your people. Thank you, Lord, that they have joined you today in fellowship and love and unity. We are unified in you, Father. People from all different tongues and nations, we are unified in you. We are one in Messiah. Hallelujah. So, Lord, with your permission, I will bless your saints this Monday evening. It's a, it's a blessing. That we'll, uh, ooh, somebody needs to mute, if, if please. You wanna, if you want a clear line, please mute your phone. Star six. Thank you. He is our Adonai.
Praise the Lord forever. We will be here in the morning at the King's Table, 715. God bless you all. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have a great night. You be safe out there, my brother. Amen. God bless. Thank you. Bless one another. Touch and heal in Jesus' name. Give her strength, Lord. Give her strength. Fill her with your spirit of breath. At this time, for joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. God bless you. Good night, everybody. Thank you, Pat. Good night. Good night.